Hey, what's up? My name is Grace, and thanks for tuning in to the GT Young Adults Podcast. We're a community, a part of GT Church in Victoria, BC. We love Jesus and have a passion to learn and live like him and have a ton of fun doing it. All of the messages and conversations you find here will point you to his truth and his hope, so lean into whatever God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy what you're about to hear, and thanks for listening. Hey, good evening, everyone. How are you doing? Uh, really excited about our series right now, Future Church. Also, just hats off to the team and say, Kelly, you did such a great job hosting. Can we just give it up for our team? First impressions, parking lot, everyone. You guys are doing awesome. We are in a series called Future Church. And um, this series, it started off last week with Vision Sunday. And so again, if you weren't here last Sunday, not the best one to have missed. No, I'm just teasing you. Um, but honestly, just just obviously some big information and, and a new name. And, and we're beginning to really kind of gear up towards the fall and all that means. But not just because it's the fall, not just because that's what you do, but because of where we believe our church is at, the church is at. And so for us, it's our heart, our hope to really share some vision right now with you in this season. And I want to just say, um, you know, when I think of future church, when I think of our church, the church, I wasn't thinking about a sermon series. You know, for me and Andy, we were talking about this series a bit, and, and as I was thinking about it and framing it out for our whole church, I wasn't thinking about, like, how we need to have more um, social justice programs. Well, those, are, those are good. I wasn't thinking about, um, you know, the, the next step for you to take necessarily. Honestly, my heart... Um, it wasn't for online, <laughs> funny enough. Like, I wasn't thinking, like, the future of the church is all online. Like, that's what it is. We need more TikTok three-minute university things. Like, that's, not, that's not where it was. That's not where my heart went. That's not what I was thinking. Um, when I thought of the term future church, I thought of this, this service. I thought of you. I thought of the young adults in this room. And by the way, if you're not a young adult in this room, you are so welcome here. But I, I thought of the youth ministry of our church. I thought of our kids' ministry. I thought of people, young people. I really did. And, and I, want to, I want you to know it's, it's my heart tonight to just share some vision with you, even from my own heart. And that's kind of what Andy even asked me to do. He said, you should just share some vision. You should, we should just talk about where we're at, where, where we feel like the six is going. And so for the next three weeks, if you're coming to the six, if this is your main service, tonight I'll share. Next week, Andy will kind of give you uh, a message as well that he spoke this morning that I think is so, so needed for this generation and this, this time. And then on the third week, I hope me and Trina will come up here and we'll share together a little bit what the six practically looks like moving forward into the fall. But tonight, I do, I do want to dig into some, some of my journal and some of my, my notes that I have. And, and, and so tonight is, is a little bit like family time. So if, it's, if you're brand new, I do want to welcome, welcome you here. I'm not usually on a stool, but there's just a lot of notes. There's a lot of things, a lot of heart here that I need to share. And if I, you guys know, when I got a lot to share, the stool helps that. Otherwise, I'm just like pacing back and forth and I'm so excited. But I just want to stay grounded here for a moment because there is a lot of, a lot of heart here that I want to give to you. And so again, we're in a series called Future Church. We're talking about vision, where we believe the church is going, this, this church is going. And again, my heart thought of, my heart thought of you. And I can, it kind of feels like we're on this like, precipice, this, this edge of something. Andy's talking about renewal. He's using this term renewal and how renewal really breathes life into revival. And I don't know if you sense it, but there is a sense of that. Maybe it's coming out of COVID. Maybe it's because, who knows, right? Like, there's, there's so many reasons why we may feel that way. But, but almost like coming into the fall this year, it's like a new sense of normal that's kind of being washed over us. 
But as the church, like, it's funny, I was doing a wedding just yesterday, and I had so many people being like, oh, tell me what it's like to be in the church right now. How does that feel? And I just continued to share with them, something's, like, happening. I'm not 100% certain what it is, but it feels really good. It feels like united. It feels like demographics and generations are coming together. It feels like we're right on the edge of something. Do you know what I mean? It really feels that way. Maybe it's just a vision of our church. Maybe it's where I know we're headed. Whatever it is, I get really excited. And I think for the first time, we know it's coming. Like we're, we're, we're anticipating, we're aware of the imminent change that, that what God is doing. We're like really aware that he is up to something incredible. And you see it, you know where you see it even just like firstly, you see it in, in the prayer and the time that our LT and Andy took in the, in the name change. Like, it was so funny how many people were like, I really thought it was just gonna be like verb church, you know? It was just gonna be like active church or something. I don't know, like active church. No, that's terrible. But you can tell because they prayed and the heart and the vision and the word that Andy got like seven years ago and then that sweet old lady on prayer time, like when you really pull it all together, like, yeah, God's in the middle of all of this. God's in the middle of all of this. And for the first time in a long time, I think we see it coming. And our church Coastline Church, I almost said GTF, Coastline Church wants to empower you, specifically young people in here, like more than ever, and you'll hear it again in Andy's heart next week, more than ever, I have never seen our lead pastor, and he always has cared for the next generation, but I have never seen our LT and our pastors, Andy and Lisa, be thinking so much about the next generation, ever in my entire life. I've never seen this, it, like it's just so profound in the 13, whatever years I've worked here, I've never seen such an emphasis. I was like, Andy, I was your youth pastor for like 10 years. Where were you, man? I needed you. No, I'm just teasing. He has always been, it's, it's been that part, but man, there's something fresh happening. But here's, here's my predicament. Here's where I get like, here's where my heart maybe becomes like, where my faith begins to dwindle a little bit and my, my mind takes over. I get a little bit concerned or worried that, we're gonna, we're gonna have arrived, we're gonna be there, and, and we will, well, this generation will have not picked up the mantle that they're so willingly and so openly trying to pass right now. Uh, let me share a story. I remember this one time, you guys know the movie School of Rock? Anyone seen the movie School of Rock? Right, so good. Maybe a top five of all time, you know? Right? Like, seriously? It is in my top five of all time, for sure. That is Jack Black's masterpiece. It is beautiful, it's wonderful, it's worth watching tonight and I would encourage you to go see it it's so good and I just whatever happened this movie came out and it just like rocked my heart it was just so fun and it was like laughable it was just just everything about it was great and at that time I can't remember what grade I was in young enough to like think I should do that you know and so um, we had a band teacher and he was like we're gonna build a rock club and I was like yes I was so excited I was a drummer at that point Shout out to Danny, just crushed it tonight, so good. And I like wanna be, you know, just really wanted to be in a band because that was what you did. You were in a band in high school, that was cool. You guys do young to know that. But that was one time it was a really cool thing to be in a band and I was so excited to do it. So we built the rock club, which then like four or five people showed up with rocks, like little literal rocks. It's like, no, get out of here, you're a nerd, leave us alone. No, I'm, I didn't say that. But like then we kind of got together and I was a band geek and all of us band geeks were like let's let's start some bands and so I remember like this was like right in the fall it was so exciting and then all year long we planned for this like epic amazing like going to be the craziest 
band, rock band concert you've ever seen. And so we built like three bands and I was in one of them. And then my brother had a band and there was another band. And we were going to play this show to end all shows at the end of the year. We were so excited. I got the principal to sign off on it. We had like 25 pizzas coming. I was passing out flyers. Our band name was Delay. Yes, that's very true. And it was just because it was one of the pedals on our guitarist. So we went with Delay. And we went down to Valley Village and we bought shirts and we spray painted them. It was super like, I remember just being so firm and hard, like crunchy because of all the spray paint. But we wore them and we rocked them and we had, we had two hit singles. And the one was called Underestimated. And then the other one was called, excuse my language, Hellfire. I didn't write that one. The guitarist did. Okay? In Jesus' name. I didn't write it. I didn't sing it. I would. No, I did. I totally did. And, 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 and we had these two songs and then we just did covers of other tunes because we were terrible. And the music was awful. But we rocked it. And we went so hard and we did it. And I was pumping this up and telling all my friends. And I was telling my brother's friend. It was just like going to town. I, I, I legitimately felt like my whole year was leading up to this moment. And we get there and it's the night of, and again, pizza's there, like 25. I'm expecting, like, I'm not from some small school. Like, originally, like, my school is a thousand people. Like, I thought for sure we get 500. You know, like, this was a rock concert and all rock concerts. Delay was playing. Hello? Like, this was gonna be so good. It was gonna be amazing. And, 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 and the night shows up and it's like the time, the doors open and like, no one's there. I'm like, that's cool. No one shows up. That's fine. The doors open. The, con- the, band, like, the concert doesn't end, start till like 7.30. The doors, it's fine. Like I was just, you know, repeating my, myself. And long story short, like I, I'm pretty sure, I was trying to remember it was 13 or 17, but I'm pretty sure it was 13 people with four parents, which gave us 17 people. <laughs> In a room like bigger than like a gymnasium. 13, my mom, my dad, my auntie, my uncle. <laughs> I wish, I wish I was lying, like right now. I wish I didn't even have to tell you this story. Like everything leading up to this, everything was so exciting. You know what? There's no happy ending to this story. Like it wasn't like when this band came on, then everyone showed up and here's the principle of the story. It wasn't like, oh, they came at nine, the time got wrong. No, no one showed up. And I honestly was thinking about this story thinking about this moment, like friends, young people, specifically in the house, the future church is right here, right now. It's right here, right now. It's not later. That's not the point of the series. The point isn't like in three years, let's be. That's not what I'm saying tonight. It's right here. It's right now. It's you. It's me. And if we do not take a moment to, to honestly self-reflect that we are the body of Christ, we are the church, the ecclesia, the God's people doing godly things, if we do not see that for ourselves, we do not claim that mantle, if, if, the, if the last generation is handing out the baton, if you will, and we just don't take it, we just leave it alone, we just push it aside, we are going to miss something so valuable, so important, so deeply needed right now in our heart, in our culture, in your future lives, marriages, relationships, and so forth. And I'm like, I'm a little bit nervous, I'm not gonna lie, like the lack of faith in me thinks about that concert and thinks we might end up there again. And it's gonna be me and 13 people, including my mom and my dad. Now, obviously, I'm coming across like, here's my heart, here's my wrestle, here's my tension. There's people in here, you're like, you're preaching us, we're at church on Sunday night, leave us alone, we're here. And so, yes, you're totally right. But I'm sharing with you my heart, my concern. And I remember not too long ago, even when I was just this, whatever, a couple years during COVID, I can't remember, but just some things I felt like God really placed in my heart 
some vision from me, some vision for like, this is what we need to be, this is what you need to call, like, I'm asking you to do this, Lucas. And I just wanna share with them with you tonight. And I believe that they're for this generation, my generation, the, the 35s and down, if you will. I, I think for us, there's like, there's a few things, key values, key pieces that if we want to be the future church, if you will, and see it now, we need to make some decisions, okay? It's decision time, as we tell our kids. It's time to make a decision. And, and I want you to hear my heart in this. The first thing is this, if we're gonna make some decisions, we need, excuse me, we need to make some decisions. The first decision is this, we need to decide if we're gonna lean on, the, on, on worldly wisdom or godly wisdom. Like we just have to make a choice. This isn't something where we're like, I'll take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'll take a little Sunday, I'll take a little bit of new age here, I'll take a little bit of that. I'll take a little bit of that podcast and a little bit of what Pastor Lucas said, specifically the stuff that pertains to only me and my needs, not the whole giving back thing. I don't know about that one. Friends, we have to rely on the wisdom of God and understand that within his wisdom, there is nothing else needed. Now that sounds like very staunch and like what nothing else is needed. I'm telling you right now, if we continue to rely on our own wisdom, if we continue to rely on just the wisdom of others, whatever it may be, we will find ourselves struggling again and again and again and again. I wanna to bring to you to 1 Corinthians. This is Paul writing. It says this, for the message of the cross is foolishness. This is verse 18. To those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. This is a quote from Isaiah uh, 29, I believe. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Like, it's, we have to make a decision. We can either understand that God is saying, listen, there is, there is foolishness and there is wisdom, right? And, and often sometimes we don't know how they look. Like we get, we get mixed up or, or it's actually this, this chunk of scripture, it can be almost confusing because he even talks about how like foolishness is actually not a bad thing and how God uses that. And we'll, we'll break that down in a moment. Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? Verse 20, let's actually, we'll keep reading one more verse. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness, again, this gets a little confusing, I'll break it down in a second, of what was preached to save those who believed. It's, it's not new, like, we sometimes, I think, we, excuse me, we think we've had, we have it harder than what maybe the Jews did back then or the Gentiles back then or the Christians back then. In fact, culture is not so different, it's just, um, unique to its time, I guess. And even in this moment, like there's all sorts of philosophy, there's all sorts of gods, there's all sorts of idols, there's all sorts of things to worship, all sorts of things to give money to, all sorts of people saying, I can, I can predict, there's, there's sorcerers saying, like, I can tell you your future. Like that's, that's happening here now in this culture. And now we also find it in our day and age today. And right here, Paul is saying, listen, you can look to the philosophers, you can look to, the, to the, you know, the new age, you can look to the teacher of the law, and he's saying, has God not made the excuse me, has God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? And what he really wants to break down is this. He wants to simplify this and help you understand that the cross in itself is this like, is almost foolish. 
And what he means by that is really like, it seems foolish to us, and yet the cross, which is this crazy, wild, ridiculous, like scandalous moment in, in, in time, was actually the wisest thing, the greatest thing, the saving grace for you and for me. And so what looks like to the world like foolishness, the cross, is actually wisdom and glory and beauty and grace and sacrifice. And to what looks like wisdom to the world, God is saying, is not. You see, it all comes down to this. The cross is where we start, and the wisdom flows out of that. I really believe that the future church, excuse me, the future church will, will let faith form us. Faith needs to form us as we build the future church. And the future is not more philosophy. You guys, it's not more podcasts. It's not just more pumping your information. And if you know me at all, I love all those things. I really do. But it has to start with leaning on the wisdom of God. There's, like, we can look to the normal wisdom of the world, but friends, it has to start with the cross. It has to start with the cross. Are you hearing me tonight? Does that make sense? It has to start with the cross. I think the second thing that I would encourage us with and ask you to make a decision on. So first, are you gonna lean on godly wisdom or worldly wisdom? Second thing, and I felt like God asked me to do this. This was a big one for me. I wrote this down in my journal and it's on my heart. It's on my heart for you is this. We have to decide, are we going to live in fear of the Lord or fear of man? Like we, we have to decide this. We have to honestly look ourselves in the mirror and really take a moment and reflect and ask, do I care more about what people say about me or what God is calling me to do and how to live? Am I more concerned? Am I more fearful of what someone will say about me or what God is calling me to do? Am I going to live with a healthy fear of the Lord or a fear of what men and women will say and do and think and tweet and whatever? I don't know how many people are getting tweeted about, but you know, I just said it, it happened. Verse 22 in the same chunk of scripture says, Jews demanded signs and Greeks looked for wisdom. It's really important. Jews demanded signs and Greeks looked for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. In this moment, Paul is actually being facetious. He's being humorous. He's saying, like, even the weakest part of God is stronger. Even the, even the, the not smart parts, like, even the unwise parts of God are, are wiser. And he's, he's, he's trying to just paint parallels. He's giving you staunch parallels. He's saying, do you understand? It's so much higher than this. He's so much greater than this. It's, it's foolishness to follow the world. And yet, to the world, the cross looks foolish. He's saying, you will always find yourself in this place. It's foolishness to follow the world, yet to the world, the cross looks like foolishness. And so it's always this kind of hard line we walk that people are like, you, you're a what? You're a what, pastor? Like, I did a wedding yesterday for my brother-in-law, and it was a wonderful time. It was powerful. It was so great. And, and I did their ceremony, and, and they're, not, they're not believers, and I was trying my best to just intertwine what I believe is the love of God over their life, but also trying to respect the couple as best I can. And in that moment, I had so many people coming up and talk to me after. So what do you do? Are you just like, you're just a wedding guy? What's that even called? The wedding guy? You should have a thing called the wedding guy. I was like, no, that's the worst name I've ever heard for something. The wedding guy? That sounds like a bad rom-com. No, I'm not doing that. Matthew McConaughey can do that. I'll just, I said, no, I'm a pastor. And they're like, oh, walk away. 
oh, or, you know, we get all these different, you get all this different stuff. And it's so interesting hearing the responses I would get, how people were like instantly shy away. Like I'm at a wedding, there's alcohol being served. And it'd be like, oh, you're a pastor. And they'd like put their drink behind their back. I can smell it on your breath, you moron. Like, that's what I wanted to say. I didn't say that. I never said that. I would never call someone that. Apologies, apologies. I just thought it was so funny. They'd be like, hiding this. You don't see this, do you, Pat? <laughs> and I do think there's this real, like, tangible, like, fear people have. When it comes, when I say the word pastor, honestly, I like, I strike some fear there. It's funny. It's funny to me. It is funny to me. But I also have to stand up and say and do what I believe in those moments as well. I don't want to live a life where I'm dictated by man, where I'm worried what someone's going to say about me. I understand that being a pastor, and, and to some people, being a pastor and to claim Christ's love and affection over people's lives and how that's real and honest and good and true, to them that may seem foolish. But to me, it makes so much sense. And for some people who, who don't who want to hear it, who are pushing away, it's not going to sound like wisdom. It's just going to be honest, hard, honestly hard for them. But I've just decided, like, they're worth it. God died for them. And so whatever, whatever fear I have of someone judging me, I, I honestly am more worried that God would say, I'm pulling you in the direction and into places and into spheres that you didn't think you would be. And now I want you to preach that foolishness, the cross of Christ. And that's where we have to be as the future church. That's where I want to be as the future church. And it's interesting. The Jews begged for a sign and right past them walked the Savior. The Greeks theorized forever and right past them walked like theology incarnate. It's so interesting to me. The Jews were looking for a sign and Jesus wasn't enough. The Greeks wanted theory and there was like logos in the flesh. And it wasn't good enough for either of them. And so you can look, you can look, you can look, you can be concerned about what people may say or do, but ultimately you have to make a decision. Am I more, am I truly being dictated? Like is, is fear of man dictating my decisions or is it the fear of God? Another story, I, I was on the phone recently with someone who used to be a part of our church and they moved away and, and we were talking at length because they had this really hard moment in, in class uh, about, they were just, I can't remember, I think they were debating abortion, to be honest. I can't remember the topic. It was a classic hot button topic and he didn't know how to answer it and he was just so frustrated and, and he kept saying, I just don't get why the church can't move forward in this. I don't see why the church can't just be more progressive in this. What's the big deal? You know how hard it is for me to be in class talking about this? This doesn't make any sense. Why can't I just, why can't we just agree? I don't see a big deal with it and I, and I broke down every possible which way I could in sharing my heart of like, yeah, I hear your heart, but think about it from this way on a moral standpoint. Okay, well, sure, but think of it from more of a, of a philosophical point, or honestly, think of it from more of a spiritual point, whatever it may be. And at the end of it, I just said, you know what, can I be honest? It's clear to me that you don't care what God has to say about this. You don't care what God has to say about this. You only care how it feels to sit in that class and hear what people have to say about it. And I'm not saying that's not hard, you guys. I'm not saying it's not difficult. I'm completely aware of it. I really am. I'm not saying it's not challenging to walk into an environment, whether it be work or home or school, and feel like your greatest, most precious value is not just being discriminated against, it actually is hated upon. I said it before in this service, we don't just live in a post-Christian time anymore. It's post-truth. 
And so everyone is looking for the truth. And when you believe that it is Jesus, the truth and the life, it is hard to walk into environments sometimes. But I am telling you, the doors that feel closed, God will open. If you stand true to the faith that he's put in your heart, he will provide ways into people's lives that you never thought possible. Do not bend to the fear of men, because you know what? It's always gonna be there. It's always gonna be there. You almost have to just receive it, accept it, understand that yet yeah, this may come, but my God is bigger. He is absolutely stronger. He wants me to walk this path. He won't let me walk it alone. I have a church, a body of people who wanna do it with me. I believe in this, and there's nothing you can say or do that's gonna stop it. I know it's hard, I do. You either gotta clap or you gotta stop. You gotta pick one. Make a decision for the love. I'm just teasing. Do you know what I mean? Like we have to make a decision here. I either, like, I either care so much more about what God has to say. Therefore, I lovingly approach hard conversations with grace and compassion and firmly on the truth. And I know it seems foolish, but it's not. It's really not. The third decision I want us to really make, like want to be the future church, not just hope for it, is this. This is something that God, this is, this is a heavy one that God put on my heart that I found in my journal. It's this. Either have to set aside or step, excuse me, set in stone. Set aside or set in stone the calling which you've received. Brothers and sisters, it, said in verse, it says in verse 26, think of what you were when you were called. Think of what you were when you were called. This is getting a bit harsh, but just remember this is Paul's words, not mine, okay? Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. You know, I, I can remember the time I really felt like God was calling me towards something. And it's so interesting to me because I felt like on a worldly, in a worldly place, I think I had a lot of stuff. I had a lot of things going for me. I was playing rugby at a high level and I had lots of friends and a great family. And so to me, I didn't feel, I wasn't insecure. I didn't feel like I didn't have things, but I just knew there was this one thing, two, well, multiple things, but I had so much sin in my life that I really felt like there is no way God would ever use someone with that much sin. There's just no way. And so when I, when I think of this verse, when I see it, when I read it, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. All I can think of was like in my mind, in my heart was just like, man, I was just a sinner, like so lost, so broken. Felt like I had everything, but deep down I had nothing. But that's why Paul says what he says. He's trying to break down the good news for you and for me. He's saying, listen, not many of you were wise by human standards. And that's coming from a guy who was pretty wise at the time. Not many of you were from noble birth. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were, like, he, he goes on and on. And he says, but God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. Like the cross. The cross ended it all. You guys, in, in, the early, in the early church, there was no crosses outside of churches. Like we often see crosses hung and that's, that's a very normal thing to see in church. You would have never seen a cross within, a, I don't say a thousand miles. You would not have seen a cross very close to the church. 
because it was the most despised, scorned way to die ever. It was an insult. It was terrible. It was how the Romans like literally like pillaged and brutalized so many people, hanging people up on the cross for thousands of yards for every single city so that people could know that when you walked in, you were entering the Roman territory. Don't mess with us because then you'll end up like that. And he's saying here, listen, he uses the foolish things. God used the cross to literally scorn our shame and our sin, the Bible says. For the joy set before him, he endured the the cross. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Like This is what I'm trying to say is that there's so many things in our life that feel like they're going to hold us back from the very thing that God is calling us to go. And God is saying, you think that's going to hold you back? I will make it so that thing is used for good in Jesus' name. You think that thing is going to break you down? I will make sure that thing doesn't break you down. It will build you up and you will testify every single day to the different people that I'm going to help you encounter to make sure they know the good news of Jesus Christ doesn't just live within you, but lives within me, like right now in this place. That's what he's trying to say. You think that the hardship you've gone through is gonna be your demise? Absolutely not. I'm gonna make sure that it's part of your destiny, part of your calling, part of your growth. I will make sure that the hardships that you went through are made for my glory and your joy. And so we can either set aside and set away and push away the times and the moments that we felt called to really do something great. And listen, I'm not just, this is where that moment where you feel like I'm talking about ministry. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you've been gifted and called to be like hospitable. Like you know God has called you to invite people into your home twice a week. Something crazy. That's a lot. You're like, that's a lot. Two times, that's a lot. To host people and work and do all those, like that's a big deal. To bring food, to bring people in, to help find community. You know God has called you to love people in such a way that you're inviting them in all the time, welcoming them, loving them, sharing with them, eating food, having drink, being community, the Christ community he's called you to be. And you've been like, I don't know about that. I'm kind of an introvert. I don't, no, 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 no. No, he wants to use your gifts. He wants to use the things that feel heavy and hard. Think of you when you're called. He said, I want to use you in every which place, every which way. doesn't matter how you view yourself. I have a plan that's greater. So you can either set that aside or set in stone the calling he has for you. Are you hearing me tonight? Like everyone, I think everyone has, knows this to be true, but I said it early on, like, man, COVID was hard for every person for sure. But I, I definitely struggle. Like maybe... Maybe this ministry thing is not going to work out. Maybe we're going to have to let more, like, more staff off. Maybe this is going to be, and I just know for me, you guys, like, I felt a, a new resurgence in my life. That this place, this house, this calling is exactly where God wants me to be. But I had to, like, I had to really remember and set it in stone and remind myself and, and talk it over my life and pray over my life because it is hard. It doesn't just click all the time. It takes moments every day to set it in stone. Finally, it's my last thought for you tonight as we wrap up. We need to make a decision, you guys, to lean on worldly wisdom or godly wisdom. Are we gonna have the fear of the Lord or fear of the man dictate our decisions? If we wanna be the future church, if we wanna live it out, we have to decide if we wanna set aside or set in stone the calling that's on our life. And finally, it's this. We either have to choose to stand united with the cross or we're gonna stand united with the culture. Which kind of intertwines with some of it, I get it, but you gotta make a decision here. 
like we, we just, God is not calling us to have a, a foot in both. You are so good at piano. I just wanna sit here for a moment. Final verse says this, final few verses. Verse 30. I hope you have this underlined in your Bible if you got one here tonight. It is because of him. Not you, not me, not the church, not because of Paul. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. It's what he has done. Who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our, pardon me, our holiness and redemption. It is because of him. And so we, we, you guys, the cross has given us life. It's given us freedom. It's given us hope. The cross gives you a second chance. The cross brings grace where you thought there was only guilt. The cross brings like a, a saving power where you thought your sin would take over. Cross. It's because of him that you have redemption. It's because of him that we have resurrection. It's because of him that we rise again. It's because of him. And yet, I feel like every day we have a decision. We're, we're, we're pulled left and right. We're, we're asked to follow one way or the other way. And we have to decide, man, every single day, am I going to stand like united with the cross? Or am I going to choose with the culture has to say. And I know it's like, seems classic and easy, but you guys, it's maybe the most important one. Because I want to say something, this is going to sound harsh, but the culture does not care about you. Your community does, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying people don't. I'm not saying, but people aren't, that's not culture. Hear what I'm saying. The culture the thing that constantly moves up and down, left and right, that is set in stone by, I guess, media and trends and different things, it doesn't care about you and your heart. You are the product in its eyes. It is just wants your attention. It just wants your click. It just wants your like. It does not care about your soul, about your relationships, about your life, about your dreams. It does not care about you doesn't care about you. And yet on one side, we have the cross of Jesus, dead, buried, because he cares for you. And so every day, it's not just that you're choosing cross or culture, you're choosing someone who is intimate and loving and, care, and caring, or you're choosing to be a product, to be used, to be an attention, like grabbed by that attention. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we have to make that decision. Because again, I say all this to you because I really believe that when you really get the cross, you'll be willing to die for his church. You'll be willing to do anything you can to be a part of the future church, which is now, which is happening. It's going, friends, it's beginning, it's starting. There's renewal, there's revival, there's something taking place. And if you want your soul to be lifted, if you want your calling to be called out in you, for you to do something great, man, be a part of this place. Get a hold of it. Get on the vision. Get a, be a part of what's happening. But more than that, 
Make a decision. Choose. Make a decision on where you're gonna live, how you're gonna live, what you're gonna do. Maybe you need to write those four down for you and just ask yourself where you're at because these are four things that are written in my journal. I see them every day right now that I continue to wrestle with and I say, God, help me to make the right decisions so I can be a part of the future church, your church, his house, because our church as a greater whole coastline wants to hand it off to you young people in this place. They do. And I want to be ready to receive it. Amen? Man, I want to receive it. I want to run that race. I want to do it in a way that they never thought possible. I want to believe for that. I need you to, because I got little ones coming up behind you. I need you to run that race. I need you to hold out your hand, because the Georges and the Bows and the LGs are coming right behind. And I will do everything I can to love and to pastor and shepherd so that the next generation does a great job in continuing to pass it on. So our church isn't 99 years old, but they celebrate the 150th anniversary whenever that day comes. Man, that's my heart. That's the vision, and I want you to be a part of it. Let me pray over you. Jesus, tonight, Jesus, tonight, it's our heart, it's my heart, Lord. It's my deep desire that every person in here would make a decision for you. Jesus, I pray right now that every person in here would make a decision for you that they would choose to run towards you, God, not what the culture says, that they would choose to have a healthy fear where you are constantly um, spurring them on, where you're constantly encouraging them, trying to see what decision they need to make next. God, I pray for godly wisdom over every heart and mind this week in this house. God, I pray that they would not just set aside the calling, but they would set it in stone. It would be in their heart, enriched deeply, Lord, for the calling that you are placing upon them. God, we just pray right now again, coming back, Lord, that we would be people who seek after you. I know there's people in here who are searching. I know there are people in here who, who wanna be a part, who wanna get a hold of, who wanna be like, yeah, I'm in the vision, I'm on to, like, I'm with this. I know that's in the heart, in the minds of many, but I know that there's also real life decisions, real life moments, real life relationships that feel like difficult and challenging. And so I just want to pray over you right now that you would make the hard decision this week, the right decision. It may be hard, but it might be, it's probably right. So God, we pray for wisdom. We pray for discernment. I pray that the cross of Christ, like it was said in our, said in our team rally, Lord, that the resurrection, Lord, that you had, that you did, Lord, would ring so true in our hearts that we would believe in ways and have faith for things we, we honestly, for whatever reason, we didn't earlier. God, if we feel like we don't have what it takes, if we feel like, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready or able, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, you would remind us of the scripture that says, you use the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. And so God, we want to be a part of that plan. We want to be a part of that plan, Jesus. So Lord, in this moment, there's nothing else I could say. I just pray that the cross of Christ would resonate so deeply and that we would do anything and everything to live for your church. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said. 